Welcome back, my beautiful people. Oh my God. Welcome back, my beautiful people. Oh my God, it has been way, 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 way too long, man. We could be here also spend a little, little bit of a hiatus. Little, just a little bit. Maybe a lot of it. And we apologize for that. There's been a lot going on. I'll give you guys a quick breakdown for myself. I've been dealing with some medical issues, both long and short term. I got a new house. I've been busy with that as well. Uh, Matt has been busy with school, trying to get all that stuff locked down. So just schedules have been crazy. The holidays have hit. Um, but don't think, don't think for one second that we didn't watch any of this content that's been coming out these past few months either. Matthew, how you doing? I'm doing all right, brother. Doing all right. Uh, more uh, relaxed than usual, I'm sure. I mean, in your case as well, you definitely feel the same. Uh, work is probably less intensive than it has been for the past few weeks. So I'm just looking forward to just dissecting everything Marvel or superhero related. Um, yeah. So it, it feels great to be back. We are back. We this are isn't back. a dream. We are back. <laughs> we we are. And uh, and again, I want to apologize. You know, the, the life gets crazy sometimes. Um, it humbles the shit out of you. I myself have been humbled uh, with a couple, uh, like I said, some medical issues and diagnoses and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I guess one lesson I've learned out of all of it is just take it by the day, man. Just take it by the day. Enjoy who you got in front of you and uh and 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 pursue your passions so this is one of the things that i think both of us are passionate about we we talk about this uh uh this meaning all kind of uh marvel star wars dc content uh we talk about it all the time so uh being here and, and having this platform to to express ourselves and talk about what we love to do now uh, we love it but you know life hits you sometimes and you just don't have the time to do to do it as much as you'd like and and now we're going to get back on the schedule it's a new year we're back into 2022 or not back into we're into 2022 now and uh and we're ready to ready to rock this thing there's a there's a lot of content coming out fam like we haven't been on since the end of what if uh today we're going to talk about uh the, the the eternals didn't get to talk to, uh, with any of you guys about that uh we're going to talk about uh the hawkeye series and we're going to talk about some Spidey and, and a couple other little things here and there, too. We got uh, uh, the Batman coming up and talk about some anticipation with that, which I know Matt is super anticipating uh, when it comes to that. Uh, I am as well. Uh, the first episode of Boba Fett came out, um, the book of Boba, I'm sorry. So, you know, we're, we're going to mix things in. The main things are going to be catching up on the MCU content today, and this, we're, we're going to go from there. So, uh, Matt, my little brother. So we all went to go see the Eternals. Uh, we, meaning our, our typical Marvel crew, uh, as we talked about in previous episodes, we, we have a certain group of people we always watch episodes with, uh, or, or I'm sorry, uh, movies with too. And, um, you know, we, we went with the crew to go watch Eternals. So tell me a little bit about that experience, man. It, you know, this, this was the first, let me say, uh, Marvel content of the meaning movie wise, release wise, that felt new, like totally fresh and not the typical MCU. Like Shang Chi, so we, we did, I don't even think we did a Shang Chi episode either, so we might have to talk about that. But no, I um, believe we did. Yeah, oh, we did. No, we well, did. That's right. Yeah, 
however long ago i know it's probably been yeah it's been <laughs> such a long time. Three or four. um sorry guys <laughs> yeah but shang chi you know obviously it was different but it still kind of followed this i i feel like eternals was very different as a whole different maybe enough. because yeah different enough right like we didn't at least for for us we talked about how we went into that totally blind like we did not want to know anything about the eternals we wanted to be taught what the eternals were and you know for our experience like it, it i feel like i got that now uh we'll, we'll talk about ratings when we thought of the movie itself uh, as time goes on but initial thoughts like what what did you think how was your experience at the theater yeah i mean i have to say i think you know eternals is the least deserving divisive marvel film because the film is not inherently bad whatsoever um this is arguably a forgettable one uh i sort of had to refresh my memory my memory before hopping on this episode just so i have some of the main plot points coming along but look at the end of the day eternals is, is another marvel film that feels different enough um, the cinematography, for example, is a massive upgrade compared to what we've seen in previous installments. Um, and I suppose maybe the level of storytelling uh, is a bit different, more character-driven, um, as opposed to there being um, as many action sequences as you would expect. Um, there's still spices here and there just to remind you, hey, this is, you know, this could be an enjoyable experience uh, for fans, but you know, for those expecting this high octane experience, will be will more than likely be disappointed. Um, you know, so those are my initial thoughts. I mean, I think I gave the film a three, I think three and a half stars uh, out of five originally, and I, I still stick with that to this day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what were your thoughts on uh so, on the film though? I mean, so uh, we talked about this in I think the Shang Chi episode and how we were hyped about the new stuff, um, but it. <laughs> To me, Eternals felt they got a. It felt as though they got ahead of themselves a little bit, right? Like they they had what one, three, six, ten characters to introduce and to build some kind of backstory. Um, you know, uh, they they kind of fell into that. Do we have enough time to do that, right? And I think we 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 saw enough with certain characters. But at the same time, we didn't get enough of certain characters. And I think yeah. that was that was something that, you know, yeah, it was cool to see, uh, you know, that they did exist in the MCU in the past. And the reasons why they didn't interfere with anything when it came to any wars or anything like that. Uh, it was nice to see uh, the Eternals have uh, internal conflict, right? Like some kind of civil war, in a sense, where uh, so, some were, were all about the status quo and following what the... Uh, uh, Oh my god, what are they called? The people that, that create the Eternals? Celestials. The Celestials. Like, it, it, the, you know, some of the Eternals follow that status quo, while some are starting to notice, like, this isn't right, right? Like, we shouldn't allow people to kill each other. We shouldn't allow Thanos to destroy half the universe. Like, all of that shouldn't be the case. And, um, you know, so all of those elements were cool, cool right? They, they were interesting to a degree. Uh, the cinematography, I think, was probably top three in the MCU uh, in terms of visually speaking. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, you and I have our gripes with a lot of visual issues that Marvel has, and they have a lot of excuses as to why they, they do what they do. Um, but I think Eternals is one of the exceptions to, to the means, right? And uh, I, overall, I mean, the film, to me, and we'll dive some, uh, a bit further, too, but 
I give it like a three out of five, right? Like it's not, it's not extravagant. It's not horrible at all by any means. But uh, I, I, I would say this: the first and second act were super drags. And, the second act in particular was definitely a, yeah. For me, for, for, I'll and... give you that. So first act was was I, where you and I wanted to learn about the Eternals. That's where we did it, right? The first act we learned a lot about the Eternals. Uh, the second act. <clears throat> they try to have us learn more right you know, all their past experiences and, and building up the characters meeting up with each other again and, and speaking on those experiences flashbacks and stuff like that that's all fine and dandy but at the same time uh it, it was really a, I, honestly it was one of the moments in the movie i kind of almost fell asleep not gonna lie oh um, well. and uh it's surprising you know, to say because you're you know, you're always engaged with uh, yeah. any movie you see. Yeah, yeah there's stuff I, you know, I, I, this is the same guy that, that has an obsession for some reason with Fox X-Men. So, like, I, don't, I, I it's crazy to yeah. even say that. Um, you're fond of convoluted, well, convoluted X-Men story. Well, but... you know, I, I see I see what people have issues with the movie. Like, so, I think you were more speaking of people were purposely bombing the ratings and reviews. That well, no, is this, stupid. Yeah, but, I mean, this is more so the the critical reception. I was awfully surprised by um, their their verbiage regarding the film. Um, painfully boring, underdeveloped characters when Marvel films in the past have suffered from those similar issues. Um, they fall into the same tropes that we saw before, the unnecessary bits of humor, um, the poor visual effects. So are you speaking um, more so on the... So the critical the critical level and how for the reason the Eternals was perceived as the worst Marvel film to date. But you, yeah, you're saying so let's say yeah. it's on a scale of hundred and every Marvel movie in your eyes is an eighty, right? Or most. You don't think it's much less than that eighty. You don't think it's a hundred. No. You think it's in yeah. that sixty to seventy. It would be right? like, yeah, <laughs> it would be on the yeah. On its own same pedestal as most yeah, of the Marvel movies. Like issues. as I said before, because again the Eternals is can be perceived, you know, again, I, I, in my opinion, should, should well, I don't say should because I think at the end of the day, everyone is entitled to their own uh, individual opinions. But yeah, I, I was awfully surprised. I mean, go, I, I uh, out of curiosity, I did uh, look at look at the uh, like the Rotten Tomatoes score, which I don't use that to um, take into well, clearly, I didn't take into account for my personal rating because I obviously rated it higher compared to yours. Um, yeah, so it was just it was just very surprising to see. Um the, I mean the Dot of Dark World being highly rated compared to say Eternals in this case is just is not deserved whatsoever. No. When the Eternals definitely made multiple improvements while also catering to you know the, the Marvel phone on, on various cases as we'll go deeper into. Um a point that I did want to bring up and I am very happy you you mentioned is the idea of introducing what ultimately 10 plus characters in the film um I, I know many suggested well a two and a half hour runtime does not allow you to do that well james gunn had a similar task regarding to the galaxy he had five characters to build up and 30 less minutes to do so yet all of them were given specific arcs and at the very end they were changed from where we saw them at the beginning of the film compared to the end of the film I'll give you that, and I am totally a, a James Gunn like truther when it comes to any any content he puts out. 
but do keep in mind a lot of their arcs were related to the overarching Marvel story, right? So Gamora, Thanos, um, uh, Drax, Thanos, uh, Rocket, that they were able to isolate that story and how I mean they haven't even really expanded on that story to be honest. I think they're going to in Guardians Three, um, and and obviously Peter and his kind of coming from Earth story background. This was kind of easy to put together, right? So I, I see what you're saying, but it's a little easier knowing that Guardians overarching story is related to the MCU plotline, the Infinity Saga, right? Well, anything, I, would, I would disagree there only because uh, Marvel specifically told James Gunn that he was allowed to make uh, the film with full creative freedom with the exception of having a Thanos appearance and I think also having the power stone just so they can set up a future in songs. Besides that, James Gunn had total freedom to do whatever he liked. And to call these out, enough, but I'm, what, what I'm saying, though, so I'm not saying he did it. I agree. But it, would you not argue that that's, it's easier to do so knowing that the overarching Marvel story is there? I mean, it, like, if those mm, character the, the, arcs can continue in the rest of the movies you see, it's a little easier than trying to give us 10 characters that were blatantly told plotline wise to not interfere with the general MCU. So well it's all is all circumstantial. You see what I'm saying, though? Well it's all I understand what you mean, but it's also all circumstantial because if Marvel specifically told Chloe Zhao, this is a timeline we already set out for you. This is what you need to take into account, then it's very easy for you to do so. If Chloe Zhao went into this film completely blind and had to do all the research on her own to make sure that certain characters couldn't make an appearance on X place on planet Earth, etc., then it would have been a part difficult task. So I think regardless of which James Gunn and Chloe Zhao had an equal bound. The only difference is one film had more developed characters than the other didn't. Yeah. Um, so it, maybe which is, maybe which is a failure a by the writers and stuff like that. I mean, I think where they yeah where they I just looked up now that uh the cinematographer for uh Eternals was also the cinematographer for Guardians One, Doc Strange, and Captain Marvel, which also happened to be the more visually pleasing movies i feel like right yeah well i was surprised by uh captain marvel though because uh or that this was the same cinematographer from captain marvel only because i thought the cinematography the lighting was terrible the lighting was off but i feel like overall speaking though it wasn't too bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely you know the visual the visuals were awesome but um yeah I, i mean i get you so like i i I'm not happy with the fact that they weren't able to develop the 10 characters. You know what I mean? And I don't want to excuse Chloe Zhao. Uh, so maybe she does get some blame. The writers get some blame. Maybe even Feige gets some blame in that. Kevin Feige gets some blame in that too. Um, I I don't know where it's headed next. So like, you know, and we'll give a quick summary of the story. You know, Eternals have always been around. They are sent to each planet by the Celestials. And then we go to find out that their purpose is to then create a celestial with that is in the core of the planet that they're at, that they're you know that they were sent to, and it could take years and years and years for that to take place. Um, at the end, basically, there's only like three of the Eternals left <laughs> at that point, and uh, four, I think, and and they're all just taking off of Earth and and disappear off with Erisham, one of the Celestials. Uh, you know, in the film. So I guess my question, Matt, is, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of sad is I explained the movie in about 30 seconds there. 
that's really all that that happened in the movie. Uh, essentially, it was more so build up to the stunning revelation that the deviants aren't the true villains, and right. a celestial was stuck in their score. For the, that's that's for basically centuries. It. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the plot summed up in one minute. So, I mean. At the end, we do see th- that they're taken. Uh, CRC and um, oh my God, who who else was taken? Uh, oh, uh, Fostos, Festos, and and um, the that's it, right? Just them two. I don't think the the one that can control minds. He wasn't um, taken. Kumal and Johnny's character was also taken. Okay, so um, I guess my question is, where do you think they go from there? Like what? What is the per- like? Is Eternals ever gonna show up in an Avengers like film? Are they like? Was that just a setup for Avengers? Or I'm sorry, um, uh, a second Eternals movie, or like what, what's um, going on? <laughs> well, we had uh, we always had the two post credit scenes because we see um, Angelina Jolie, um, Macari, and her love interest. All together, and then Star Fox, played by Harry Styles, of all of all people, that was that was a bit of a surprise there. Um, makes an appearance about where they can locate Eternals taken by Urshum. Um and obviously it was really in the film that Eternals have been sent all across the galaxy to ensure that a Celestial is born, preventing the 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 birth of a Celestial. Um, obviously results in dire consequences. Right. Um. So yeah, it's more likely a, a setup for Eternals too. Maybe possible appearances by other Marvel characters that have yet to be that have yet to see the light of the day, like Nova. Well, I, I, I mean, are, Nova we, are we gonna see like maybe in Thor: Love and Thunder? I mean, Gore the God Hunter. Is, Gore the God that? Butcher. Yeah, God yeah, Butcher yeah. is. People are saying that Gore is the one that, that chopped off the head of uh, the Celestial that's in nowhere. The the head of the Celestial. Oh. they're saying that he was the one that did that and I I don't know if they suddenly just I, I don't know, that's just a rumor right so I don't want to go off of rumors but um, I think even the post credit kind of left more to be desired <laughs> like too much actually yeah. you know, the whole movie did um, and you even see the post credit scene of Dane Whitman uh, locating his family heirloom Right. Uh, and in the background a mysterious voice is heard Chloe's Alcaferns, it was Blade. Blade. Why Blade have, yeah, why does Blade have a sudden interest with Dane Whitman? We have no idea. But again, all that is, 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 uh, is an obvious setup for, well, maybe even Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion is a possibility, too. I mean, but are, are we thinking that are this is Blade as a vampire characters. or Blade before he turns into one? That's a good question. I, 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 I would argue tell probably you. before. I mean, that's what I would think. Yeah, it's um very weird to say, but I it's it's I have... kind of I love Marvel, I love the MCU, uh, I you know we we do this because we love it, but sometimes they're a little messy. And, yeah, that uh, was a that was a needless cameo, if you want to refer to it as. I mean, they could have easily just done the family the family heirloom scene, and then you know who knows? I would have rather just like Nick Fury pop up as a scroll. Right, like I, I for secret invasion, like an actual secret invasion scenario, you know. Yeah, I, I um, would agree. Uh, well, I feel like we are 
you know, going to the, I suppose, the negatives of the film, but did you, um, find, well, you obviously have positives, um, with your rating of the film. So, yeah. Did you yeah. want to give a quick, um, so uh, breakdown I, of what? I would say, just, just overall speaking, I think, uh, Cersei was a good character. Uh, it wasn't, I, I, my names are just going past me at, at this moment, but, uh, you're fine. The, uh, Superman, Superman oh, type Icarus. Icarus, Icarus oh my God. was phenomenal. I think he Great. was the greatest character in the film. His, no, I yeah. don't think he's dead. So for neither do movie, I. He flew into the sun, uh, but in the comics, he literally is powered by the sun. So it, it, like it, it, he's an equivalent to Superman. So it just the, yeah, that, that him right, doing yeah. that just turns him into superpowers, the, a super it, it, Nova. Yeah, <laughs> interestingly, the, the I believe the Eternal Riders confirmed that Icarus is in fact dead. I don't buy it. That would be no. such a lame death for his character. I I think for me, what made him because I, I view Icarus as an antagonist. I mean, despite him killing, um. The, uh, Ajax, the, mm-hmm. the leader of the Eternals, mm-hmm. he was in the right, essentially. I, I mean, he viewed uh, the other Eternals as um, threats to Urson's ultimate goal. I mean, all, you know, the, the intention behind the creation of these Eternals, these machines who are not meant to exhibit emotions, even though, you know, these particular ones did, is... Um, you know, they had to obey Urshim at all times, and Icarus's motivations were completely understandable, uh, which made him all the more compelling. And that's why I found him to be, you know, the, the best character in my opinion. Even though there is an immorality by him killing the very person uh, who loved him, you know, there, yeah. I think my favorite scene in the film was him sort of um, releasing his rage uh, after, you know, laying Ajax down and then, like, basically presenting as if like a deviant came by the killer well you know um, it kind of reminds me of um <clears throat> um killmonger danos-esque right like a me a, a, the reason why they're doing what they're doing is like this other means higher power means type of stuff yeah. um and, and so many people argue that they're not villains because of that so yeah uh, I mean, i'm with you i'm kind of with you on yeah, the icarus thing but yeah because icarus is not i mean other than killing ajax icarus did i mean so you can't really say other yeah. than killing someone because I think that the killing itself kind of makes you a villain. But I get what you're saying overall. Well, well not <laughs> it, 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 but it depends because like it, that's why I really don't consider Icarus a villain because many heroes kill, but they're still perceived as victors or um, role models. I mean, Icarus's only bad act in the entire film, like what can be perceived as a bad act is him killing Ajax, but it can be viewed as justified when Ursum gave all the Eternals specific plans in mind, like a, a specific goal, which is allow the Celestial to be born and you will be free of this Earth. And then I think they will ultimately be shut down just to prevent a potential, I think, because there is like a weird, uh, like a Mad-Eyes disease, if you remember, that Dina suffered from, yeah. that can obviously cause Eternals to come with like come up with the realization that they are in fact being used for, you know, a lot like a an evil purpose, so to speak. You know, right. that's how I view. That's why I like I don't think Icarus is the true villain. I mean, he's obviously the antagonist because you know all the Eternals figure out. Oh, wait a minute, we need you know protect the people of this earth, etc. So that's how I view him. But yeah, no, I mean I, I'm with you for sure. I see what you're saying. Um, 
uh, like I said, uh, back to our, our ratings, you know, I'm on, I'm on a three, three out of five kind of scenario here. Um, I, I wanted more. It, it felt rushed, a little lazy, and um, maybe a victim of not making the movie long enough or just maybe uh, too, too tall a task for the crew, the crew, uh, the, the writing crew and, and everybody else, you know. Um, it's not easy to bring on this this group of people and a group of meaning a group of heroes. The comic line was pretty popular, but not the most popular either. I mean, it, it isn't one of the more uh, sought after comic book lines to follow. Details, yeah. right? They're just not, and that that helps a lot of the sales and a lot of the hype and a lot of the ratings. They, you know, a lot of these ratings come out. You know, uh, there, there's a ratings that come out before the movie even comes out, and then you know, obviously uh, after it comes out, uh, and it's a lot of it's based on hype and uh, go, go. So like where we, you and I wanted to not know about the internals, a lot of people don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> this is was, Marvel people just don't like that. So oh, the main complaint uh, of the trailers <laughs> they weren't revealing enough. Right. Just not, and, uh, not, maybe not. that maybe that played a role into the box office performance, which I guess Explosive Sherman's wasn't technically a box office failure, but it, it definitely wasn't uh, as big of a success. They expected as more. I mean, the COVID oh. stuff hurt, obviously, definitely. a little bit. Hurt. It's going to hurt everybody for the next few years at this point. So, yeah. Um, you know, um, I just left that underwhelmed. You know, it, it wasn't horrible. It was a movie to watch. I was happy. Uh, yeah, I, I think it. a potential rewatch. Yeah, I think a, a potential rewatch is uh, necessary. I think so too. I think much later I, down the line, where we can perhaps appreciate um, some of the more subtle character moments, because I, I I can tell you right now, I think zero of these characters were developed, except me, except me for Icarus. But Icarus was consistent across the board. Right. I think you know so. Um, yeah, it is more to be more to be desired. I I'm yeah. with you, so I'm gonna give. You know that my three out of five is not a solid uh, end all be all. Uh, I want to rewatch. Um, maybe, maybe at the same time there was so much going on. You know, a lot of time. Let's say you know when we went in to watch. Uh, uh, I want to use Black Widow as an example, but let's say Black Widow for example. We kind of we looked for. I feel like in the turtles we were looking for everything rather than something. You know, eyes were floating everywhere, trying to figure out every single aspect and things like that. So maybe a second watch gives us that more kind of laser in focus, and we can see that the intricacies, the writing, the acting. You know, that those little things. For me, at least, I feel like I didn't really pay attention to it. So um, it's tough with the first first viewing of something that you know nothing about. Like I, I don't know how people are only. Marvel movie watchers and don't know about the comics. Like they just follow this MCU timeline and that's it. So like the the bless those people because I I just like I almost feel like crazy not knowing anything about those characters. But um, you know, so like I said, you know, we have our decent ratings with that. But uh, I think we're ready to move into this next little project here from my favorite Marvel TV series TV. What, what are they called? TV group? I don't want to say that. Well, how, we're going to actually rank all the series so far from 2021. We're going to do that uh, while we talk about Hawkeye. But Hawkeye! 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 Hawk! 
baby. You start off, brother. Just initial thoughts. Give me three of your favorite things from the series. You can name drop and everything. I don't care. And your rating. Yeah. Um, three things. Okay. So, spoiler alert, obviously. Vincent D'Onofrio. Thank you, Marvel, for bringing him back in some capacity. Um, chemistry between Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld, Kate Bishop, Tim Barn. Um, and then I think perhaps probably the Tracksuit Mafia in the earlier episodes. Because I, I read uh, there's a great uh, <laughs> like comic book line of um, like it's called the Fraction Run in the first uh, part, so to speak. It's uh, My Life as a Weapon. And uh, in, in the comics, the Tracksuit Mafia has a tendency to say bro after every sentence. So it was nice to hear like the comic book reference again. They actually made it, actually, well, let me summarize it more. There's a lot of, there's plenty of comic book references to that run, which I really love to see. Um, and I think final rating, my final rating is a three. I mean, really, even with like the, the grand reveal and the finale, I mean, nothing stood out. Like it was just another Marvel show with, very dumb humor at times, even though the the, the fraction one has <laughs> has a lot of like very dry or just outright dumb humor. But it but it's a comic book too, so it's kind of easier to find that funnier when you're reading as opposed to hearing that like delivered out loud by an actor. Right. Um, that's it. I mean, it's not a terrible show. I mean, I I could rewatch it and have no gripes per se, but I rather read the comics. You know. Right. So, I think for me, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear oh, you. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to be out right, man. Two out of five. It is, really? it is probably the worst series for me uh, that's come out this, in 2021. Um, Are you serious? Uh, I'm not being sarcastic whatsoever. So, oh, okay. so let me, let me say this. No, 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 okay. no. Gotcha, gotcha. Totally not flipping. Yeah. Um, just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna. So let me give you reasons for why I like it. Reasons for why I don't. So reason one number one why I like it: chemistry. Both Hawkeyes were great. Um, obviously, she is going to be Hawkeye. That they kind of insinuated that at the end of the series. Um, comedic spots were okay. Um, it uh, wasn't too much of a fan of it, but that, I'll put that more towards negative. Yeah. So second thing I like it, it had. Um, how do I put this? It had Netflix series vibes, like the Netflix series. It had now the funny elements are always gonna make it not a Netflix series vibe, right? Because the, there's not much of that in the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Um, but it, at points it kind of had that vibe to it. I don't know if it's just me, but it, no, it, I yeah, I agree. More I grounded agree. approach, you know. Yeah. I, I liked I liked a lot of the elements that they had, uh, and, and Hawkeye. You know, remember he's a freaking murderer, right? So he he was Ronan. He was uh, uh, an assassin for Shield before he became an Avenger. So let's not act like, you know, he's some some scared little 
archer like he, he's 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 a badass and and i i did like those elements and and the third thing you know back to what you said more of the kingpin thing and do remember bro the reveal is technically not even in the finale which is my biggest gripe of the series the finale oh, sucked yeah the, the finale, finale sucked finale i mean rough. it was just not good at all i'm just like king the only thing that was good was was denofrio and and I say that I say that as the actor, he is great. The writing was horrible. Yeah, him. and that's something I wanted to talk about too. Um, I, I well, we texted. Well, you go ahead because I, I think I, I know where you're like going with this about like the end end of a character. So right. if you want to, no, I, well, I'm not even with that. So the fact that. I, I know the comic book line, right? So, so for yeah. those who don't know, and, and those who have watched, and spoiler alert for those who haven't, but those who have, uh, Echo, who is one of the main characters in this uh, series and is getting her own spinoff series as well, is the de facto niece of Kingpin in the comics and, and now in this uh, series as well. So my... Th- at the at the end of it, we we technically see Kingpin die. It's it's an off screen. Sh- she shoots him, right? Um, that I'm okay with. Like I I like the comic book line when that happened. I think it made sense. I hope they follow through with what happens to Kingpin after that, uh, in terms of him being blind and things like that. Um, and, and again, back to D'Onofrio, like he he played it really well, uh, and it. As far as we know, this is the kingpin. This is the kingpin from the Daredevil Netflix series. This is one thousand percent him. Until they go and say, "No, this is a multiverse version." I don't want to hear nothing else. This is him, right? So, yep. uh, my assumption, something you and I have talked about, is somebody got snapped. Whether it was Daredevil or whether it was uh, everyone around Kingpin in prison, he was able to escape. Like some. The snap had something to do with him getting back on track, right? The getting back into being becoming being kingpin, but he wasn't even back to where he fully was. If you guys notice in the series, he he's not the kingpin, which makes sense that this is the Netflix kingpin because he was brought down to the lowest level at the end of the series, the Daredevil mm-hmm. series, right? He was no longer the kingpin by the end of it. And it was near beat up by Daredevil yeah. and embarrassed. And it was right? near impossible for him to regain his clients again at the post snap, especially especially exactly. those in a time full of I mean like you know, fear mongering or he must have been hired or, by Val, who Val is is the lady that's going around and recruiting, we we assume for the Dark Avengers. Somebody got him off this because so don't get me wrong, he escaped, yes, but he, he ain't just walking around New York City for the hell of it. Somebody helped him get out of his rut, right? Somebody helped him get out of the the the, the hole he was in at the end of Daredevil. It could have been Val, it could have been Ross. We don't know yet, obviously. But either way, I think somebody had some influence as to getting him out, and now he can't get back fully because of his past issues with Daredevil and so on and so forth. So, he, I mean, he's using the tracksuit mafia as his main gang. Like, Kingpin, and, and, and we talked about this when we were watching Invincible the other day, Kingpin damn near has villains at the snap of his fingers like super powered villains right oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. he's using the tracksuit <laughs> mafia right now so it, like so that that's that's my point is i i more to be desired again right 
Like, D'Onofrio played great. He did everything he was supposed to, but what he was given was not great for him. Yeah. And I and, and what the hell? He's strong as shit now. I don't know how the hell that happened. Yeah. That boy was, I mean, granted, was... she's a teenage girl in this, or whatever, a young 20-something-year-old girl. So they're they're trying to argue that he could just throw her around. But that's just not, like, th- th- that ain't just normal, just a grown man throwing a girl around, dude. Like, th- th- this dude was like, damn near superpower. He got ran over by a car and was fine. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, he, he definitely takes more physical abuse this time around than, say, the Netflix show. Because I, I was drawn off for a second. Because he rips a car, like, he rips a door straight off a car. He gets hit by a car. I definitely want to talk about it too in that scene. So in the finale, spoiler alert. Well, pretty much all the major spoilers now. Right. So you know how, you know, um, Kate comes by to save her mother, and when Kingpin rips off the door, right? right? They have like that exchange outside, and the cars park this way, right? So facing towards them. Right. How did Eleanor get in the front seat, turn the car on? And then face them this way, and then go straight. Kind of fit like, for how a is narrative. That like, like how is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, just a fit for a narrative. That's all. And it then, is. Yeah, and then he gets obviously hit by the cup. But yeah, that, that was like I was I, I was like what on earth? But maybe th- th- there can be like an interesting storyline of where you know Kingpin wants to instill that intimidation, so maybe he injects himself with this with steroids for whatever reason just so he can gain uh, enough strength but right. yeah that that was a that was very jarring to see especially when because and well even so i mean kingpin was definitely strong in the the netflix series i mean he was you know he was picking up weights or benching, to go yeah. on actual like, uh, like, like benching, a shit ton of place yeah. yeah like uh picking one up and uh, like nearly caving someone's skull in I right. mean, he you the Russian um, henchman right. that you kill by decapitating with the door. Right. I mean, he punched a full concrete pillar and it did. Yeah, he's probably just made himself a little mean? stronger so, like, just for intimidation purposes. Yeah. You know, he's taking so, some kind of steroid. But. It could be consistent, but yeah, the writing was, it felt weird. And I, I don't like the whole Echo storyline thing because that could have been such an interesting way to develop her character in her own series. And they just rusted it for zero reason. Well, that, that, I, that I think made... in the Echo series, they're going to continue the Kingpin story. Well, they could have done the opposite. I mean, to say, like, they should have never had Echo shoot Kingpin now. Because her not trusting Kingpin after, like, after Hawkeye just telling her, like, why would you believe someone who just finished fighting you? Like, I feel like that should have been, like, yeah, at the back I, forefront of her mind. Maybe they, they just didn't want people anticipating that, too, like, throughout the entire Echo series and having that be the prime focus. No, well, they could just, no, well, no, I, I think that's just why. Focus in the, yeah, I mean, that was a prime focus in the comics, I'm pretty sure, so it didn't make any no, sense. Well, it wasn't a prime focus. People didn't know what was happening before they read the comic. I'm saying people that do know the comic are going to go into that series and just wait for Kingpin to get shot and turn blind. Like, that's, I think that's why they, they changed it up. So now yeah, you can go into the Echo guess, series but... with everything post that. Like, I think we're Kingpin is 100% going to be blind in the Echo series, right? Well, yeah, until yeah, he's yeah. not anymore. King, King, yeah, Kingpin's definitely alive. I mean, they wouldn't be so naive as to kill off our, what probably one of the most popular Marvel characters now because of the Netflix series. Right. That'd be stupid. And if they confirm he's, he's dead, I'm not watching Echo. But right. like, well, it's just I mean, so you see throughout the entire Hawkeye series, technically, I mean, the whole series is Kingpin again. So like, we, uh, like every. The every plot line that 
that was in that movie damn near just had to do with Kingpin. And what's interesting to me is with Hawkeye, why did Hawkeye Ronan in this case during the five year gap? Why didn't he shut him down? If he was going at everybody else, what's that story there? Why was he scared of Kingpin? An Avenger. Well, well if you remember, Kingpin gave him information to hunt down track to mafia members. And so he figured that with Kingpin having enough connections to provide him with the information necessary for him to hunt down these criminals, then it wouldn't make sense for him to bring him to justice. It makes his family. Well, no, his family wasn't. No, his family wasn't around, though. They were stamped. But the whole point being is that the Kingpin is is resourceful for him. And by killing or Mm. leaving him in prison, then Kingpin wouldn't be willing to help him anymore. So Ronan does this use, and that's why when his family finally emerged from the staff, and Kingpin absolutely knew Ronan's true identity the entire time, right. if Ronan at, or, you know, say, Kingpin were to interfere, like, I'm pretty sure there was, like, a plan made, like, probably off-camera that said, you know, after the fact, if you are interfere with my business, then your family will suffer. So it's really as simple. Right. I mean, that's, like, they didn't explain it in the show, and that's another, to your point, they should have explained it. Right. Um, you know, why would... Ronan, of all people, fear such a person, um, especially given his history throughout the five-year gap. But right. So yeah, let me ask you this. What is it your opinion on Kate Bishop? So, I mean, this is obviously the Hawkeye series, but we got we got, uh, we got Kate Bishop here, so, which is now a new Hawkeye. What is your yeah. what is your thought process? What do you what do you think uh, about her as, as the future DMCU Hawkeye? Um, I mean, she's fine. Um, that's really it. <laughs> I can't really think of anything more. I, I like she had some fun interactions here and there. Um, I thought her chemistry. I thought like her funny bits. Her, or excuse me, like well, her bits with Galena were funny. Um, when she was in the show, but that's it. Like, it. I don't know. It, like I think everything, like the whole Kate Bishop storyline with uh, with Jack was just so anticlimactic. Yeah, it was, it was so, so odd. It, it was a typical non-climactic MCU moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to set something up for no reason. And you mentioned Yelena real quick, so let's go back to you know we obviously talked about Black Widow in the previous episode. What are your thoughts? So at the end of Black Widow post credits. Yelena was obviously, we find out through the Hawkeye series that Yelena was snapped back, right? She goes to find out Widow's dead, and then she goes to visit her at the at her grave. Val, who has been, uh, again, she's been throughout uh, most of the MCU so far as some kind of recruiter, Avengers-like recruiter, um, appears and tells her, you know, how would you like to kill the man that was responsible for your sister's death? Shows the picture of Hawkeye. Who is Val? Because is Val a Black Widow operative? Is she a Dark Avenger recruiter? Is she what is going on? Like, who is she, and why does she have like this? This Kingpin control this Dark Avenger initiative? Maybe. But who I mean, like of, he hired who, her. Yeah. Or I Eleanor, mean, who, technically, but who took that picture of Hawkeye? <laughs> I don't know. I wonder, like, why would why would Clint just be walking around with his mask off in public? <laughs> I found that really weird. But uh, doesn't make any sense. I, I I'm I'm just curious though. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, we thought Val was the central operative here, but what if she's not? And that's what makes me think that Val had something to do with whether she's related to Ross or not or whatever. Daddy is Ross. Maybe she has something to do with Kingpin getting out of his rut, right? Probably. Like if, uh, I, I, you would argue that's the case. He hired uh, Yelena. Techn- yeah. Technically, he did. So... Uh, I'm curious to see where it develops. I, I, one thing that I've gotten mad with when it comes to the MCU, they they are showing too much, but not enough. So let me explain that. They're putting a lot of stuff out there that just doesn't matter. A lot of stuff that just seems like it's filler. A lot of stuff that just seems like it's meant to be funny or, or fill in one of their typical Marvel jokes. They're not giving us enough actual continuity. And that is starting to really frustrate me. When a Celestial's fucking body is poking out of the water, you would argue an Avenger's going to pop up to see what's going on. When, <laughs> you know... Why there's seismic activity happening. Kingpin is suddenly involved and apparently hiring a Black Widow. You want that kind of explained, right? Like, Yelena, like, was she was hired. Like, yes, she wanted to kill Clint no matter what, but she was hired. <laughs> right? And I'm, there's just too many is- non-continuity issues going on. I just, I get it. You can't ruin every film by saying, oh, just throw an Avenger in there to help. Right? Like, it's a solo project and let it be that. But why, why are we ignoring the the bigger thing here, right? Like, yeah. I, does that not bother you? I mean, yeah. I mean, let's not ignore this. So, spoiler alert for a No Way Home. Uh, we can like let's not forget the fact that Spider-Man just outright ignored a gang war outside of his apartment at the same time of year. Like, it's a at thousand percent. They they both have unless No Way Home happened a year after or something, but I don't think so. So, you would argue Spider-Man looked out the window and said, "Ah, fuck them." <laughs> like, sleep, probably reminiscent about MJ and Ned the entire time. Like, uh, I guess so, man. Uh, like, it's just Marvel yeah, is bugging me a little bit. That's, that. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying too. Because I think you texted in the group chat, and then uh, the other people there said, "Well, it doesn't matter too much." Like, yeah, it does matter. Like, if a celestial, the size of, or not even the size of Earth, bigger than Earth, is coming out of the ocean. You're to tell me that not a single Avenger or like over at the headquarters is monitoring that type of activity and then sending out a Wong. or even Wong, who's the Sorcerer Supreme, apparently, according to spoiler, alert, according to No Way Home, he's Sorcerer Supreme. Like, that's just that's just lazy writing. And I, I, I know, and I know Marvel doesn't want to have that excuse. Well, if that's the case, any Avenger can show up. Well, yeah, but you have to like just send them off Earth. I think, Earth, honestly, the way to go is just to get them off Earth and have them be, like, different parts of the galaxy. That's really all they can do for continuity-wise, you know? So, I mean, I'm with you on that. I think they are doing that for the most part. I mean, even Fury was off for over a year. Mar- Captain Marvel's, like, literally never there. Wong is uh, on Earth, technically, in Kamachaj. Cha- com- is it Kamachaj? Cha- no. Kam- what? what what is their home city? The sorcerers. Who, who city? The sorcerers. Oh, 
Kamachaj is Iron Fist. No, Kung Kung Lung is Kung, uh, Iron Fist. Okay, Kamachaj then. Kamachaj is is the city that the that all the sorcerers train. Oh, okay, and all the sorcerers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I go with you. Come right. long is is Iron Fist. Um, so long is simply there. Sorcerers are in their own dimensions half the time. Like they're they're kind of all separate. But like, why isn't Falcon popping up in New York City to help Hawkeye? Like, right? Yes. Like, so we argue because of the No Way Home plot line, maybe Hawkeye didn't look for Spider Man just because he doesn't know who Spider Man is at that point either, right? Like, yeah, because everybody and, forgot who he was. For all we know, Falcon could be in a different country. Yeah. So or I, maybe maybe I like war machines just not around. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> like it's, 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 yeah, it's, 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 it's just annoying. It's like <laughs> you can't tell me the Sokovia Accords exist and then say we want nothing with these people to do with each other ever. Like the Soviet Sokovia Accords are supposed to yes identify every superhero or people who have powers, but at the same time it's supposed to it was supposed to bring in a giant initiative of working together. And nobody's working together, <laughs> like yeah, at that's all. Yeah, that's a good video. Honestly, I think that'll probably be like a like a main focal point of um of Thunder like a Thunderbolt series. Like for Ross, maybe he just grows spiteful at the U.S. government, or the U.S. government is gets rid of Ross for his incompetence and failure to actually um find success with the Sokovia Accord. And at the time as well, maybe he just falls into this deep illness, like in the comics, and then resorts to using like a strain of the Hulk serum, transforming him into the Red Hulk. That'd be an interesting storyline. I guess I get a chance to see Ross being developed instead of like this, you know, secondary character that we see, like every five project, right. five projects. Right. I don't know. I I just you know, overall, it's it's one of the more underwhelming series. I'm gonna give a quick breakdown of my so the series we so my 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 rankings of all the series, just a series, project wise for 2021. Um, Number f- wait, there's five, correct? It was uh, one division, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki. What if Hawkeye? What if and Hawkeye? Yep. Number five, Hawkeye. Okay. Number four, what if? Number three, Falcon. Number two, Loki. Number one, one division. Okay. Number one would be th- the best. Yeah. Uh, me would be what if at five. I. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I cannot... Other than episode four, like I said... Episode four was that good for me, though. Like, yeah. it was that good for me. And now, knowing what it's what it's going to have to do with the new Doc Strange movie, I bumped it up. Yeah, like, anyway, but, yeah but what if as a whole is, is a terrible... Like, <laughs> I don't have to bother. Like, I can't. That stresses me out. So I'm going to put it at five. I'm going to do WandaVision at four. This is just Falcon Hawkeye. I'll do Hawkeye at three, Loki at two, and Falcon at one. I like that. I can see how I can see Loki getting bumped up because of the ending. I thought the ending is the best out of all the shows. Mm-hmm. But in terms of actual writing, Falcon was the best. Like in terms of core character writing, yeah, that that was in my opinion the best show. And he touched on you know more. Uh, Dark, the, like only, more the only gripes I had with, with Falcon is you can tell it was either rushed or had to be cut off because of COVID. Yeah, I think it's not their, the and it's not their fault. So oh, like I'm yeah, with you yeah, on yeah, what yeah. was given. They all did great. They developed what they could. I think I'm not a fan of changing the plot line because of COVID. 
like a massive virus being released throughout the world that yeah. that they're almost ignore like falcon attacked many many global issues right or like social issues yeah and i think you and i both love that and it, 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 i mean think about it now i kind of want to i'm gonna put it number two above loki now to think about it yeah uh, so loki would be three for me one of is still one um i i love what they did for them to completely ignore a global issue like covid for fear of of blowback is a little upsetting to me they were I, I would have liked them to attack that like they attacked everything else social-wise. I love what yeah. they did throughout the series with that stuff, and I wanted more of it. And I think doing that original plotline would have been great for what's going on today. I, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'll put Loki at one. Yeah, I'll put Loki at one. I'll, I'll put Loki at one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was... Oh, more DOS came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loki's Loki's the best series, in my opinion. Like based on twenty twenty one. Yeah, so Loki's the best series. Uh, Loki's so good. Series. I, 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 yeah. I just love one of I, I love, I love, love, love the theme, like the main title theme in the beginning of the like, like with the credits. Right. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. The the music was phenomenal. Right. So, I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at with the series. And, and uh, you know, Hawkeye was just way too underwhelming for me, man. It was, and I, I, so let me say this, where I had it number five, where I have it at a two, 2.5-ish, it's not horrible. Like, none of the stuff is horrible to me. Like, uh, horrible would be zero out of five. You know, we went episode by episode for what if. Party Thor episode was awful. Like, it was, it was zero out of five. I think I said that. Oh yeah. Did, did, I, did I try to say? Episode? Did I try to say it was negative? I'm pretty sure I tried to say it was negative. Like I'm, I was not a fan of it whatsoever. So, yeah, that's that's I just kind know. of where I'm at, and uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I think we're ready to get into get. Let me take that sip too, bro. Yes, yeah, sorry. I was just like. Nah, you good, bro? You good, bro? You good, bro? We get. Listen, I'm not even gonna freaking front here. We are getting into the greatest Marvel fucking movie of all motherfucking time, okay? There's no other way to freaking say it. You you don't agree. I know you don't agree. That smile, that look you're giving me, I just know you don't agree. But it is the greatest Marvel MCU everything you can say film of all mother effing time. And I don't care if it's because of fan service. I don't care if it needed other characters to help support that. I don't care at all that those are your gripes because that's what made it the best for me. And Spider-Man No Way Home, without a doubt, without a question, unequivocally, no dispute, nothing you can say is the absolute number one Marvel movie of all time. I love Endgame. I love Infinity War. I am team greater that, that Infinity War is greater. Like that I am team Infinity War is better than Endgame. And, and yeah. I don't know, a lot of people aren't. I, I've been that way for a while. I, I am time. that way. So I, my rankings are were Infinity War, Endgame, everything else. You know, obviously whatever order. Spider-Man is above Infinity War. It is hands down 
the greatest Marvel film in franchise history. Period. And then I'm going to dig into why. But I'll, I, so I'm going I'm to tell you right now. Five out of five. Five billion out of five billion. That's my rating. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can say about it. Yeah. I don't care what you say. I don't care if the writing was shit. I don't care if the beginning first act was horrible. I it Everything they did from that point forward was fucking awesome. What's your rating? Um, Three out of five. I'm not wait no wait 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 no three out of five um three and a half out of five I I like it three and a half I don't I know you weren't the biggest fan of it no I just don't think it's a flawless film because there are just my I I said before so I don't I don't like going down this direction because I never want to you know insult a community because I think passion and love for certain franchises properties etc it, it's a beautiful thing. But there's there's reached a point where like all these Marvel fanboys are acting like the droids from Star Wars, where they feel this need to just constantly praise the Disney hierarchy for whatever for whatever Marvel movie releases. Like Spider-Man No Way Home is not a perfect movie at all. Oh, and it's just you know what I mean. And it just I know you're not saying I'm the Marvel fanboy, but let me let me let me make this abundantly clear too. I know there are a lot of flaws. I'm gonna give you some myself. The first act, flaw. Right, that's all I gotta say. First act, flaw. <laughs> Visually speaking, flaw. Flaws, many flaws. Some of the CGI was awful. They ran out of money. They ran out of camera lights. I don't know what the fuck they ran out of. It was horrible. Right. Time, <laughs> time, time people, <laughs> whatever the case was. I know the flaws exist. I'm nowhere near saying this is a perfect film, cinematography wise. Writing wise, I think personally, the content that was provided throughout the fan service that was given overrides everything I just said and makes this film the best film of all time. Marvel. It is it is for me such a good movie, bro. Like it it fit everything perfectly. I screamed, I cried, I laughed. It was inspirational as far as providing your fans with everything they could possibly want we knew everything was coming man like we saw doc ock right the original doc ock spider-man 2 we saw electro from the amazing spider-man 2 we saw the lizard from the amazing spider-man 1 we saw the sandman from the from spider-man 3 we knew we knew the other spider-man were coming okay and they still did the perfectly they the way they introduced them you know everybody expect them to be introduced just mid-fight they come and help peter he's getting his fucking ass beat right but the way that they were used for some kind of emotional level right like they 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 rebalanced peter both spider-man did both having lost who they lost they they were meant to provide him with that last ditch effort to mentor him because at, at this point, Matt, he's never getting that again. He got it with Iron Man. He got it with Mysterio before he found out Mysterio was bad. And he got it with the Spider-Man in, in this movie. And and my biggest, my biggest praise, I would say, for Spider-Man as a whole, we finally have Spider-Man. 
what do I mean by that? We have the Spider-Man we all know and love. He is now the loner. He is now not loved by everyone. He is now not known by everyone. He is starting from scratch. He is starting from where he should, which is where every Spider-Man did in every single comic book series, except for, for Supreme Spider-Man. I, this, this is a Spidey we're supposed to see. Tom Holland in the third act gave us an Oscar-like performance. He did. Just the third act. His anger he portrayed, his sadness he portrayed, the, yeah. the, the, the willingness to kill someone before Toby, saying Toby, you know, that universe's Spidey, Toby, stepped in to stop him. I, this is the best I've seen Peter act in all of MCU. How about that? So Oscar like is, is arguable, right? I mean, not arguable, but it's something I had to say because I, I thought he was that good. But this is his best performance. That third act was the best performance he's ever had. Yeah, I think the third act was phenomenal. It could take us in a very in a very unique direction, perhaps a darker uh, iteration of the character than we've seen uh, previously. Though I imagine um, Andrew will be We'll probably get a installment before we see Spider-Man. Um, before we see Tom Holland transform into that uh, darker version of the character. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, like I said, the all I wanted to see from this movie was Andrew Garfield making an appearance. I was happy. I was happy to see that. In my opinion, I think Andrew Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man, and I think uh, as such, I believe he is the best Spider-Man. Period. You, you can argue with me all day. I've been on this Andrew Garfield hype train for many, many months, and you can attest to that, John. I've said from the, like even blowing back to week two when Buffalo Bills are facing off against the Dolphins. I remember this. We were over at our old brother's Angel's house. We we're having a discussion about No Way Home at the time. And I said, I said it out loud, I said, Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man. And everyone looked at me like I was a complete maniac for thinking that. I don't care. Okay? All I wanted to see was Andrew. And then, obviously, I, I want to see Toby, too. Because technically, well, you grew up with Toby, but Andrew's, like, Andrew's literally my generation Spider-Man. Because he's the one that I, like, that. Amazing Spider-Man is the first Spider-Man film I ever saw in theaters. Like, he's arguably a part of my generation. I mean, you can say Toby because his movie released when I was born, but I didn't watch them until I was, what, six or eight years old? Like, I watched Main Spider-Man first before I watched the original Tobey Maguire films. Right. Main Spider-Man 2, I didn't like. at the, Oh, I, I liked it for what it was, and then over time, I disliked it, like, pretty much everyone in the community. But yeah, like, it, it was great to see. I, I love Andrew Garfield so much, man. And, like, the, the even the scene where he discusses um, about how he lost Gwen, was yeah maybe teary-eyed maybe so so uh, i mean let's just go bit by bit quick it you know uh, just kind of start with how the movie started right so at the end of spider-man far from home um he is revealed as peter parker right uh mysterio gives the lie that 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 peter parker killed him and he is the uh the, the Secondly, the villain at that point, right? And goes through uh, the typical, oh, we find out who this hero is in New York City, and 
he's not able to really be Peter. He's not really able to be Spidey. He's he's stalked. He's treated differently. Doesn't like it, and he thinks, you know what? The best way to do this, and the best way to help my friends who are not getting accepted into college because of Spider Man, is to go to Doctor Strange. He goes to Doctor Strange, who starts performing a spell. And the spell gets broken because Peter's interrupting. Uh, arguably, people say still that the Loki events caused a multiversal break, but you know we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I think I'm pretty confident. No, you know what? I'm not gonna say it. That is that is actually strange. That is Doctor Strange, because for some reason I kept thinking for a while it was Supreme Strange, the evil Strange, uh, but that version that was in that movie is definitely Doctor Strange. Like, the, the Strange, our Steven. Like, MCU Steven. Yeah, I saw it from the beginning that, like, uh, the, obviously not directed at you, but just when that theory came out, I thought it was unbelievably stupid. Right. Like, Strange acting in character, he went through with the spell, it backfired, and Peter has to pay the consequences. Like that was the, that's right. the entire point of this film. They're not going to do this whole Mephisto reveal. Like that was I, when I saw that. Like certainly, like, that was all over Twitter. <laughs> that was so. That was so stupid. Well, Mephisto so stupid. is th- that's a comic line up. You know. Oh right? well, yeah. I, Spidey I know does that, Spidey like, to bring out May back. He gives. He makes a deal with Mephisto, and he ends up having to give up his mar- marriage with MJ. So arguably, yeah. in the future, that could happen. Whatever. Well, yeah, but, but like at the time, yeah, no, the, I, right. I was, like everyone was realizing, oh, he was going to sacrifice it. Really, I was like, that's so dumb. They're not like I know Sony isn't the best at creative decisions, but they're not like they're they're not so stupid, or, or but yeah, I, 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 let me not use the word stupid, right? Let me see. They're not so ignorant as to take inspiration from what is perceived as one of the worst, if not the worst, Spider-Man storyline to release in the last 10 years. People hate that storyline. <laughs> people hate that storyline. I, yeah. I haven't read it myself. I just know, like, I don't like the concept for, for what I understand, but yeah, I, I, I hate them. So that's, that's what I mean. Like, it's just those, those types of theories irritate me. But there are actually fair share of theories that, like, that made perfect sense and which happened right. to be true. I mean, this movie was pretty much leaked since last year. So, so, so we we do surprise. see we do see in after the cell's broken. I'm, I'm kind of skipping a couple of things, but mo- what starts off is Doctor Strange captures the lizard, right? And he tells him, you know, these different characters are while Peter captures Doc Ock, and. Uh, characters from different universes are coming into the MCU timeline. Now, what I found interesting and what was kind of proven with with Doc Ock, these characters were not all, they were pulled out of the different universes, but also different time time periods, right? Like, one, they're all dead already. So it's obviously not after they die that they're brought back or something, right? They're all like Doc Ock said he was in the middle of choking Peter, which arguably is when he was choking Toby at the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Right. He was like, I was in the middle of choking what I knew to be who I knew to be Spider-Man. And then I was teleported here. So all of them were taken out at different points throughout their time, respective timelines in the Sony universe. How, how do you feel? I mean, does that make sense? I mean, 
Well, Lizard or Sandman never died. Right. But Doc Doc Ock did. Electro Yeah, did. so they were probably just resurrected. No, they weren't. But, no, they weren't. Doc Ock said he was pulled, he was in the middle of choking Peter when he was pulled out of the timeline. I mean, yeah, I guess. But so it's it's before really Doc actually died. Well, the, the rumors were that they they were getting pulled out like moments before the death. I I I, I don't know. I I don't like that. Well, I mean, it, well, it, we know Doc Ock where well. he was pulled out. He told us he was in the middle of choking Peter and he got pulled out. Well, I mean to say that if he was if he was resurrected by the spell, then the last thing he could remember theoretically because of the spell backfiring is that for whatever reason he just only remembers him choking just, out Peter. It's, it's just, not, not to say it's the case. I'm just saying that there there can be no no no. I'm just saying I don't think I think I think he was just pulled out at that exact moment, which confuses no, me because all the I'm other just... Spider Men, the other two Spider Men were were pulled in way after those events. Like you can tell, Toby's weathered down, right? Like he's been through a lot since Spider-Man Three, the way yeah. they portrayed him. Andrew, the way he explained it is, he's on an angry. He stopped pulling his punches, right? So this is after Gwen died. He's gone through a lot of things on his end as far as his universe. So why is this a narrative fit? Like pull them from different parts of t- different timelines just to make it fit better? Like, are you okay with that? What do you What are your thoughts? I mean, the the plot itself is <laughs> like I don't know. I I mean, I, I I'll put it this way. I think the plot or the writer should have taken a more self aware approach to this to this whole multiverse story to begin to begin with. Like the idea of all these villains coincidentally being pulled out of their universes just to face off against their Spider Man once again is already laughable. But then when you also, but in hindsight, you also have moments where like Electro and Sandman are poking fun at their origins. Like, you know how Electro says to Sandman, oh man, we really got to watch out where we fall. Or, um, I'm trying to think of, of like some other key moments. I mean, you even have like Green Goblin saying his infamous, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. When he's, uh, it, you remember when he said the magical cell of the thing mm-hmm. for him? Mm-hmm. So, like moments like that, I, I yeah. So that's really how I feel. Like that's why I, I don't, it's, you know, to be honest, like I, I for me personally, as much as I love to criticize Marvel movies, because I, I I still like Big Friday Night, I'll be honest. But I, I don't purposely try to look for flaws. It's just like for my standards, they happen to have a lot. Um, but like I just don't I don't care enough because this whole multiverse thing is already hard to believe. So, I get yeah, it's fine. You can pull them out anywhere. I just don't like how it's all coincidental. Like you're to tell me that you just coincidentally took out Doc Ock before he died. You coincidentally took out Green Goblin before he died, and you coincidentally took out Electro before he died. And then Sam and Lizard are just the only exceptions to that rule. They were just pulled out. They're honestly probably pulled out moments before, maybe, or maybe I'm not 100. percent Well, Sam Manison can be an ex- definitely is a, is an exception because he. Forgave Peter or whatever, and then obviously tried helping him uh, face off against um, Electro, like during the whole you setup. Give you another tidbit too. I know this is technically a post credit scene, but Venom was pulled into the the Marvel universe, <laughs> yeah. and and the thing with that is they say, or they meaning Doctor Strange, is people who knew he was Peter Parker transferred into the universe. Venom never knew he was Peter Parker beforehand. 
Yeah. Um, or did he? So listen. Oh, I know where you're getting it. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I'm going to agree Venom, with you. Venom yeah. was a... Is, is what they're saying is he's a multiversal being. Like yeah. He, he's able mm-hmm. to access different parts of the multiverse. And all of the symbiotes are connected throughout the multiverse. Yeah, through a hive mind. If yeah, the writer... Through a hive mind. If that's the case, then the Venom in Spider-Man 3 knew that Toby was Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which means every symbiote therefore knew he was Spider-Man as well. Yeah, that's, that, that's that, the that. argument and why he was transported. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's not even an argument. That, that, that was literally confirmed by the writer. Like he, oh, he openly okay. said that's how he got pulled into the universe. Which I would have liked for him to appear, to be honest. That, uh, that I would have, I would have given the movie a five out of five. hundred percent. I would have given the movie a five out of five. Let the, let the recurrence is probably one of the greatest cinematic creations uh, of the past decade. It, it, it's I'm, a, glad, it's a, I'm it, glad it's, you it's, agree. It's better than Endgame, but um. way better than Endgame. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, but like. Yeah, no, it, that's just lazy writing. <laughs> um, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I'm more happy about the fact that Venom won't be in the MCU anymore. Just give him the black suit for Secret Wars, and they're all good. And like I said, you could take Spider-Man in, in a very dark direction. Maybe not like, I'm not expecting him to go like an R-rated route, but, you know, have him feel some sense of vulnerability and rage um, over what he what he has to deal with the idea of the entire world forgetting who he is and then having to reforge a new identity for himself you know that that's that's pretty much spider-man's character like there's a relatability factor involved too you know he's pretty much like every other person who feels like the world doesn't revolve around him and you know still wants to make a difference in some way that you know that's who spider-man is that's why i love the ending i really like the ending a lot yeah so i mean let's get into ending so in the third act uh we get uh this the two spider-men kind of which the beginning of the third act was was introducing us to the other two spider-men right it was uh introducing us to toby introducing us to andrew and um they are they are used as that what i mentioned earlier that last bit of mentorship that peter needs to to finally grow up now i say grow up he was literally a teenage kid right so i can't really expect the kid to grow up at 16 17 15 um but now with that guidance of these two spider-men he goes in into this last battle ready to to save the multiverse right like save some characters and save the multiverse so he kind of proceeds with that and uh and back to the moment where like he so i, I do want to ask you this let's, let's back let's backtrack a little bit how amazing is willem dafoe oh yeah willem dafoe I, I that's why I even said to him like <laughs> I, I think I told Angel when we were driving over to the to the theater I said or no but probably honestly probably like a few weeks before the movie I said like Green Goblin is going to body Peter <laughs> like I I said I said from the very beginning Tom Holland Spider Man is getting annihilated by by these villains right you know before Toby and Andrew show up. Right. I was right. Like uh, the apartment scene, oh my! Like uh, Goblin was uh, destroying him, <sighs> like just leveling him through all these. How different cool floors. was that scene though? That Spidey sense moment when he's like, he just senses Green Goblin there, 
You know? Yeah, that, that was a really cool scene. Uh, uh, yeah, the was... camera work was awesome, too, because they're kind of like, uh, they blurred out the edges of the screen. I was nervous. It had safety to focus, yeah. I was nervous. Like, my heart started beating, bro. Like, I was I was actually kind of nervous. That was a great scene. Was, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Cin- but... c- cinematically speaking, whatever word I can think of. No, um, definitely. I, I, I agree. It, there, there, like, there are a lot of good scenes, I will say. I'm not, I'm not denying there, there aren't positives to behold. Yeah. Um, there are um, a lot of good, but, good scenes uh, like that. Uh, really uh, let me scenes. ask you with that, uh, with Aunt May's death, I mean, pretty impactful. You know, we, we got the with great power yeah. comes great responsibility. They did not use Uncle Ben for that line. Um, but for this this uh, specific um, MCU timeline, it kind of made sense for it made to deliver that. Right. Like, she, yeah, I, we, I mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just not the typical Spider-Man story. And I like it. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I think that was necessary for uh, for Peter's character development but at the same time aunt may wasn't really given much to do in the previous spider-man films and i honestly didn't care much for her so her depth didn't come up as, as hard-hitting as it could be but what what did is tom holland's performance like tom holland's performance carried that entire scene if there were any other actor playing that role and they were phoning it in i would have not remotely cared it just wouldn't come off, come off as just a shameless emotional moment right. but tom holland even um merciful may's performance too like they you know, their performance is elevated what could have been a very um, I suppose predictable scene. I mean, most theorized Aunt May was you know, shall we say, biting the dust, biting in the movie. Which didn't end up being the case and, you know, that definitely served as a main motivator for Peter to, you know, be a better hero, which is nice. The scene and, after was really good too. That's what staring at the billboard. Oh yeah, and that's the thing, that's one of the uh, performances where I think Tom just just was amazing. You know, they they finally let this man expand beyond the kid who's just guided throughout. Like it, where I say he's he's guided throughout, like plotline and acting wise, I felt like he was carried by Robert Downey. He was carried by Jake Gyllenhaal. Like I I, I finally feel like P- Peter slash Tom were able to like do their own thing. And be this the Spider-Man without that other presence around him for those scenes, right? For the scene with that May and, and the final scene with Willem. Um, but uh, with also the final lesson from Toby is to not kill, right? And uh, you know, the, the the entrances for both Spider-Man were, were great, their interactions were awesome, their guidance for, for Tom was great. The final scene when he does fight. Green Goblin again was awesome. The final uh, multiverse kind of spell Doctor Strange is doing, where we see the silhouettes of all the future Sony char- uh, characters coming to fruition. Um, we saw uh, is this Supreme Spider-Man I'm thinking of when the the one where Doc Ock's um, uh, consciousness is, is is sent to Peter. I'm not 100 percent sure. But... I think it's called Supreme Spider-Man. If you look it up, it, it, there's a, a comic line where Otto Octavius is Spider-Man. The entire comic line is him as Spider-Man, conscious-wise. Uh, he, he transfers conscious into into Peter and becomes good after becoming Spider-Man. Um, they showed that silhouette in in the timeline uh, spell, and uh, we see Black Cat, we see Rhino, we see Mysterio again. We see like all these different characters in the future of, of the Sonyverse. I think is what they were really trying to show us. Um, or maybe even the MCU, right? Like future uh, villains that, that Tom is going to face. Uh, 
But um, overall, why I think this is uh, the, the best film for me. And I, I joke a little bit, like Infinity War is always probably going to be number one for me, but it's right there because it's not only what they did with Spider-Man, it's where they left, where they left him at the end of it. We now have the Spider-Man we're meant to see in the MCU. A very isolated, lonely, focused on the Spider-Man job, Peter. We have the ability to now introduce other characters who won't just know him as Peter, know him as an Avenger. We He doesn't need the Avengers to hold his hand anymore. And it kind of contradicts what I said before as, uh, as far as like, why are other characters not helping other characters in the movies? Why are they not appearing? This is the one project I don't want that to happen. Like I want the next Spider-Man to be a solely Spider-Man focused film. I want you know good villains. Like bring in some different ones that we haven't seen on live screen yet. Obviously, uh, another piece of Venom is coming. We, we saw in the postcard to see a piece of Venom yeah was left. Um, maybe Tombstone Tinkerer. Yeah, uh, like we saw in Miles Morales. I, I mean, I Miles love Morales Craven game. the Hunter to come through the multiverse and fucking Craven the Hunter's a really good character. You know, if, yeah. if T- Aaron Taylor and Johnson does good with it, you know, it, it could go well. And yeah. and I'd love black, or, yeah, maybe yeah. An, another iteration would be fine to go against them. Yeah, Black Hat. You have uh, Gwen Stacy, Harry Osborn that can be introduced with the whole right. college shows. Going yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Osborn, they, they 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 all but confirm Osborn's unless they just have Osborn not be science Osborn that owns Os- his dad owns Osborn. They're I don't think Osborns are coming. Like they, yeah, they basically uh, it's, confirm it's only, it's only yeah, Sony's very guarded about the, what they want Marvel to show. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think after the success of this film, because I, apparently Kevin is the one, Kevin Feige is the one who said they should use the villains as the main story, as opposed to the post credit scene. So I think at, like Sony is open to that. It's open to further collaboration with Marvel. So who knows? Maybe they'll say, you know what? We'll give you Oscorp rights, but we're still doing our own thing. Whatever. Like, I think they'll, they'll open up the possibility of them bringing in, like, a Gwen Stacy or a Harry Osborn. How far they'll go is yet to be seen. Because I think so, like, I, I think Sony, as, as, I think they're still earning a fair amount of box office money, but there'll reach a point where if they're getting a bit fed up with Disney's ways, assuming that happens, right? They 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 don't want to have like you know they don't want to be responsible for giving Disney more money than they they should because so at the end of the day Sony wants as much profit as possible, right. um, you know what I mean like, so we'll we'll see but I think they're they're uh, if there's any consolation I mean it feels like the president of Sony, um, loves Marvel loves the folks over at Marvel so their partnership will continue for the foreseeable future. Does it Somehow, feel does it feel like? An amazing Spider-Man three is coming. I want to. I I'm open. No, to what it. you want? I'm not asking. I'm asking if you think, based on the movie, No Way Home, did did it did it feel like they were setting up another Garfield film? It didn't feel like they were setting up, but it felt more like, okay, if you like this, then let's see what we can do. It wasn't like, hey, we're definitely setting this up. It's all a matter on if Andrew Garfield is willing to return to the role or if Tobey Maguire is willing to return 
to the role once again in the future. You understand what I mean? So I don't think it was a strict, we are absolutely setting this up, be prepared. You know, they're going to see how receptive the fans were to the film. And if, if they approach Andrew Garfield and say, hey, listen, like bygones be bygones. We'll give you a, a proper salary this time around. We'll make sure that if, if you bring back Mark Webb just to have like more consistency for filmmaking, we'll make sure he's given full creative control and you're going to have some you know input on how you want to see the character done. Then chances are Garfield is willing to reprise the role, 100%. As for Tobey Maguire, there are rumors that Spider-Man 4 is coming about, but in animation form. Maybe Toby isn't too keen on appearing in live action films anymore. So I think because he's taken more of a producer standpoint in the past few years. Right. Um, he's done very limited roles since then. Uh, well, since then, well, not like since the Spider-Man movies, but he hasn't. I, I think his like last role was um, back in 2014 or something. So he he definitely um, has been do- has been seen doing too much. So he's probably you know busy in his own personal life and. Obviously, producing other films, you know, producing is obviously a, a huge effort. So, I hope so. I hope so, man. I, I anything to see those two again. I, I just want to see Garfield give him his third movie, you know, close out that trilogy, have him face off against Venom. But that's the thing, too. But I still think Venom's in the Garfield's universe, and I, I you'll be all clear. Though, I wouldn't, man. I wouldn't mind, I, I wouldn't mind that being the case. That'd be, I, I would love for Garfield Spider Man to. Like, they're going to give him his own projects still, I think. But have him be the Spider-Man. Like, they, they got to have a Spider-Man. Like, these are Sony-verse characters based off the Spider-Man comics, right? Like, they're, they're most are anti-heroes. You can go along with that for as long as you can. But at the same time, it they're Spider-Man characters. Like, if they just say Andrews are SE, is it SEU they call it, right? Sony Extended Universe? If Sony is our yeah. SEU Spider-Man. He's going to cameo once every couple of years or something, right? Like, I don't even care what they do with it. But he's also going to get his, his own project where there's a culmination of everything that, we, that we've that we done so far with the other characters. So, uh, yeah, make make Andrew the, the guy and have Toby be in his own universe yeah. without any other characters. I'd like to see, you know, uh, I, I'll put it this way. When, when, because it's not if, when Secret Wars comes, oh, my God, excuse me, I would bet you Garfield and Toby appear. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Because the whole Secret Wars concept is doppelgangers of all Marvel characters. Well, I don't don't like the word doppelganger. Secret Wars is is a variant thing, but also remember it's the Young Avengers against those variants. Don't forget that. The younger, yeah. that's why they're well, building the Young yeah. Avengers. The Young Avengers are the last hope for the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In this in this comic line. So if they if they if they do that, we'll see what happens. But um, you know, speaking of variants and, and getting into that that post credit scene, we're back to trailers now, apparently, for uh, for post credit scenes. We get the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness trailer. And uh, there's already been some rumors about who's going to appear and things like this. Matt, I made a promise last year. I don't know if you remember this. We were watching WandaVision. And we were talking about the multiverse. We are talking about if some specific character appeared, if I was shit myself or not. Oh, Magneto. If Magneto appears in this movie, you're going to smell some shit right next to you. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I would be beyond excited 
to see one of my Fox characters come back. Even if it's just for that, <laughs> even if it's just for him to appear and her just piss saying, where the fuck are my kids? And him saying, I, like a Thanos thing, like, who are you? And he tries to fight her and she just wipes him out. I don't care. I need to see him. Give me Fastbender as Magneto. I, honestly, even if you don't do that specifically, that's fine. Just give me Fastbender as the new Magneto as well. Like, I just want Fastbender. Fastbender is one of the, if not best, Marvel characters, period. Yeah. The writing I think... was shit for him, but give him good writing along with what he's able to do. I promise you, promise you, promise you, he will succeed beyond belief. Uh, I'll tell you this much. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still a huge advocate for Giancarlo Esposito to play uh, Magneto. I'm still a huge proponent for you that. You think he's no? I I don't want this to see those Magneto. I only say that Absolutely. because I I I know that he's been typecast as villains, but he plays them so effortlessly. And I said before, all you have to I, I remember this, this came from someone else uh, a while back. I still so for me, I'll still bring this up. All he had to do is change his orange origin from the Holocaust to the Rwandan genocide, and there you go. You have your MCU Magneto. As for the Professor X, and I, I can't really think of like a Professor X fan casting. Um, but you obviously want you know Magneto and Professor X to be other like be similar in age. So you want to like cast a young Professor X, or maybe you want to take a different direction. I have to be brothers, but have there be like almost like a surrogate father son and son type relationship. You know, like Magneto being an original father figure. Um, and then obviously that Professor X obviously isolating himself, you know, this is uh, doesn't make a bit yeah, of a change, I mean, but they still have that relationship. I guess I, I I'm just I, I I'm a fast bender guy, man. Esposito, I, if you're gonna use him and if he's willing to do so, I want him. He needs to be like a super long term character, which I think Magneto would be a good option for that. Um. Probably give him a Galactus. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, we got Fantastic Four coming. Who's going to be Doctor Doom? And if we, if whoever, whoever they bring in as Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom's going to be around for a long time in the MCU. Yeah, I think. I mean, <laughs> I think Cillian Murphy should play Doctor Doom. I think that'd be a great, a great casting. So, um, I, there's another actor whoever it is. They got to. I know they said no long-term commitments anymore with Marvel, but at the same time. Like there's gonna be a long journey. Yeah, I think, it, or even uh, Vigo Mortensen. You're not familiar with who he is? He's not a, he's a fantastic him. actor. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, he's yeah, a phenomenal actor. I think he'd be an excellent casting choice for Doctor right. Doom. Um, and there are like a number of actors you can choose for Magneto. I, I just can't think of them at at the moment. But yeah, so those are my top two choices for Doctor Doom. Um, yeah. But there, uh, uh, all the Illuminati rumors for Doctor hey. Doctor Strange too, man. It's uh, it, it's coming. Well, hopefully, because I know with the whole uh, obviously, folks, in case you're wondering, please stay safe. I know the whole Omicron variant is spreading like rapid fire now. Um, I know obviously here in New York State, it's what the right cases are rising on a day to day basis. So you know, chances are we will see you know potential delays. Morbius, I, I know you're just telling me before the Reminded me before the podcast that Morbius was delayed to April 1st because of how much of a joke it is. <laughs> um, yeah, the terrible joke. Um, 
but yeah, so just stay safe, folks, and ho- you know, hopefully, we'll have more Marvel content to, to uh, discuss. Just gotta talk about hey, we we don't have Marvel. We still got series coming out. I don't think they're delaying any of the series, and they'll keep those going. For yeah, minute, so yeah, Moon Knight coming um, up, hopefully. Very excited for some Moon Knight. Uh, we do, of course, have some Star Wars stuff as well. Yeah, we do have delays, guys. Uh, you know, New York State is probably the closest to it, but I think we're getting close to another lockdown. Uh, and if that's the case, we're going to see a lot of delays, like Matt said. So, uh, you know, hopefully we don't. Hopefully we're able to people just continue to get vaccinated, continue to wear the mask when they're supposed to. Uh, stay home if you're sick. Let's stop the spread. Let's do what we need to do so we can keep enjoying the things we love to do, which is, you know, uh, I, I, personally what I've been trying to do more so than ever these days. So, um, hey, look, first of all, Again, I want to apologize to everyone for the massive delay since the last episode. Matt and I love doing this. We love talking about some Marvel stuff. We love talking about some Star Wars stuff. We love talking about some DC stuff. Um, Next episode, we are definitely going to get into the uh, Book of Boba a bit. Uh, We're going to talk about some anticipated projects coming up for the whole year. And um, uh, we're getting very close to the Batman too, Matt. And I know you're very excited for the Batman pending delays. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to keep rocking this thing. You know, I, I, I love this. I'm passionate about it. And I am so excited to continue to do this. Uh, we love you guys. Stay safe. And um, as Matt said, stick here for the ride, man. We're, we're here for it. We're here for you. And we're here to do this and do what we do. Peace. Peace.